It's Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, Season 2, Episode 5, Dirks Bentley. You ever think about getting into NASCAR, man? I'd be down for it, you know. Um, actually, I was just at the Daytona 500, and I was uh, hanging out with Larry Fitzgerald, who's a buddy of mine, former wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. And he and I are involved with the pickleball team out in Arizona, but we need to look at some uh, We need to look at some NASCAR. That'd be, I'm actually going to send him a text message about that and see uh, what that would take, because that'd be, that'd be pretty fun. I want to be an owner-operator. I want to get a chance to take it around the <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of fun with Dirks Bentley on this one. He just dropped his new album, Gravel and Gold, uh, this past Friday. We talked to him a bunch about that, his wife and kids' favorite songs on the album, what he's got coming up, tour plans, everything. This is a good, fun interview with Dirks Bentley. Thank you so much for checking out Taste of Country Nights On Demand. Here we go. Since June 8th, 2018, I've gone back and I've asked you about seven times when you'll be dropping your next album, and it's finally here, baby. It is, yeah. It's been it's been a you know three years, I guess, since uh, I've you know 2020, and I, four years since the last one came out, or five years. I can't remember when the mountain came out. It feels like it was 17 or 18 when I was working on that 2017 or 18. But anyway, it's here. It's taken a lot. A lot of work, uh, a, lot, a lot more than I thought they would take. They all end up actually taking more than you you want to. I, I'm always trying to find the easier way to do this this process, but it, I, for some reason, I always take the longest road around these things. But um, it feels really great. I love the album. I love. Um, we can talk more about it, but it just it's everything I could hope it, it could be. It just took a while to get there. Um, I saw you on the Daytona 500 killing it. That was awesome. Uh, and then they announced uh, uh, mid song that you have another performance um with nascar coming up uh pitbull is in the nascar is there ever going to be like a, a dirks bentley like a car or a venture i mean i think every country singer's dream is to have your album cover your face on the hood of a nascar i mean there's nothing cooler than that i, I was looking at tracy lawrence on instagram the other day posted a picture of him back in the day on a, on a nascar hood he still has the hood in his out by his barn but um, I, I got, I'd be down for it. You know, um, actually I was just at the game or sorry, just the race Daytona 500. And I was uh, hanging out with Larry Fitzgerald, who's a buddy of mine, former wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. And he and I are involved with the pickleball team out in Arizona, but we need to look at some, uh, we need to look at some NASCAR. That'd be, I'm actually going to send him a text message about that and see, uh, what that would take. Cause that'd be, that'd be pretty fun. All right. I want to be the driver. I have no experience. I want to be an owner-operator. I want to get a chance to take it around the track a few times. <laughs> um, what are your wife and daughter's favorite songs on the daughter's favorite songs on the new record? Oh, that's a great question. No one's asked me that one yet. Um, I think my wife really likes "Same Old Me." Just loves the way that one feels. Um, and my Knox likes uh, "Something Real" because it's a little more up tempo, kind of rock thing. He he digs that. And uh, I think the girls said they both liked Heart, "Heartbreak Drinking Tour," which is a little slower country song, but. It, it name drops a lot of cities they're familiar with out west, and uh, so they all got their favorites. But uh, Sunsets in Colorado is also a family favorite too. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and y'all spent some time out there. Are you still out in Colorado? Uh, Colorado? I was there uh, last week. Um, somehow managed to get out there. I woke up at four o'clock to get a five twenty five a.m. flight, and I couldn't find my wallet, so I grabbed a stack of COVID cash. I had a bunch of five dollar bills, and I grabbed those, and I grabbed my passport, and made the flight. But I realized when I got in the airport, I'd left my wallet. I left my phone in my car at uh, the park airport parking. So I, I made it to Colorado. I somehow made it back uh, without a phone or a driver's license. But uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I still get out there from time to time, uh, chasing the snow or, or just going to visit friends. But uh, right now I'm in full album promo mode and headed to New York here to do some some TV stuff and and work on getting this tour off the ground. And you mentioned that uh, Knox's favorite song is Something Real. Is that kind of a statement on country music today or what's the vibe on that one? The vibe on that one is just more of a life motto for me. I mean, that's the reason why I moved to Nashville. I was trying to find that something real, trying to find that authentic thing about country music that I was so you know enthralled with and um I ended up finding that kind of in the bluegrass community oddly enough but uh yeah it's always first searching for that real thing um and that song kind of talks about just yeah I guess song does talk about some songs that don't you know that mention that line that name drop you know or the cliche stuff about dirt roads and girls and bars and neon signs and I'm guilty of doing that as much as anybody else so uh, the song kind of checks me on that as well as uh just the music in general you know it's good to have those songs uh, out there that, um, you know, that represent, you know, real country music. Uh, speaking of, you know, like traditional old pickup, heartbreak drinking tour, uh, walking each other home, cowboy boots. Those are real yeah. traditional. Uh, why, why now? Um, great question. I, you know, I feel like this was my, is my 10th album. And, uh, that kind of took on a theme of its own in the process of making the album, you know, this is your 10th album. So, it ended up being kind of a, a collection of styles and sounds that I feel like I've been a little known for over the years. And certainly traditional country music is part of that. So the album ended up having kind of, it's not a greatest hits album, but it's a greatest, uh, it's a, a collection of just those sounds and styles of the last 10 albums. So you got the bluegrass, got the nineties country and traditional country, like old pickup and the songs you mentioned as well as some more contemporary stuff. So, okay. You mentioned this is your 10th album. Would you say there's more, Ahead of Dirks or behind Dirks, album-wise? Oh, man, that's a great question. I I mean, quite honestly, there's a lot more behind me than there is ahead of me. Just because I feel like we've moved in such a, a different world, you know, album-wise. I still listen to albums and uh, still vinyl. And, you know, it's so funny. I was, I was texting with a guy, uh, a friend of mine up in Kentucky, and he's like, man, my wife and kids are gone. I'm just blasting your music all day in the house. And I was like, yeah, well, give me your address. I'll send you a CD. And then you realize, like, What's he going to do with a CD? <laughs> I just got my first new car ever, and it doesn't have a CD player in it. It's like, what do, what do, you, even, what do you send people anymore? A link to Apple Music or to Spotify? I don't even know how it works anymore. So I don't know, man. I, I think my, my albums are – I think this whole process is changing so rapidly. I'm just so grateful to have 10 albums out there, and I'll always try to make my records – make my music in a way that is a compilation of something that's just all I'm really interested in. I'm not really interested in just dropping singles, so – but. I don't know. I feel like as far as the albums and records go, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I'm glad I have my collection because I don't think they're making a lot more of them. But you're still catch and release, though, right? Catch and release, and yeah, the Keith Urban model catch a catch a catch a, a hit and release it. Um, I did a little catch and this is my first time doing any catch and release, and I, uh, I I caught Gone and put that song out, and I I caught Beers on Me and released that song into the wild. Uh, both those songs are not on this this project. They were kind of meant for uh, just standalone you know, covid times stuff, but uh, this album's a collection of a whole different sounds and, and it's those songs just didn't fit on here. Going back to your first one, what was I thinking? Did anybody else have a chance to record that other than you? No, I wrote that song. I wrote what was I thinking with Brett Beavers and Derek Rattan and I knew the second we wrote it, it was different and cool and awesome and I, I grabbed my guitar and I went and found Autumn House who used to work at Capitol Records and uh I found her outside the exit in and I had my truck and I pulled the tailgate down and she sat on it and I, I got my guitar and sang her that song because I was getting ready to go to the studio uh, the next day. 
it was like one of the last songs he wrote for the record. And uh, she loved it, and we cut it. And uh, that was 20 years ago. That song was a, was a single April of 20, 2003. So almost uh, coming up on 20 years of what was I thinking. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you, um, it's like, according to the Wikipedia story, it's based on like a, a real life story that apparently ended with you getting banned from the Grand Ole Opry. Is that true? Wow. I need to read the Wikipedia. I realized the song had its own wiki story, but um, it is true. I did get banned from the Grand Ole Opry. Yes. Uh, I used to work at CMT, which is all in TNN, the national network, uh, old school. Nashville will know what, know what I'm talking about, but uh, we worked right next to the Opry. It's out of Opry Land, and the building was right next to the Grand Ole Opry. So I would sneak over there on Fridays and Saturdays to watch the Opry before I would go down to Lower Broadway and watch more music. Um, and eventually, I got a, a letter at my place of at work saying, "Hey, we love Dirks, but he can't come to the Opry every single weekend." So <laughs> I knew the only way to solve that was to become a member, which I was uh, lucky enough to do. And I actually, got an Opry appearance coming up next week so pretty excited about that i mean i mean well very few people can say that they were you know banned from the opry what's that process like is it there's do you get like an official letter uh yeah the letter came i wish i still had a copy of it it probably back was in the letter days i email was was 2000 this has been 2000 ish you know 2001 maybe so i'm not sure what we were doing on the email front there might probably was a proper letter that, that got sent to me i wish i still had a copy of that from pete fisher um, so got that letter and I, I, I knew I'd been there a little, probably a little too much, but, uh, it kind of helped me kind of set my sights on, okay, the only way to, you know, I need to get the ultimate backstage pass, which is the Grand Ole Opry membership. So that really became a goal of mine. It became the goal of mine became to play the Opry. You know, that, that's what really became my, my number one focus. I knew if I got a chance to play the Opry, the record deal, the publishing deal, the song on radio, that all would have had to have happened to, uh, play the Opry. So that really was my, my main goal. Now, sonically, what was I thinking? Um, it kind of has that rolling drum beat. Um, I think like Right Places is kind of the newest example that has it. A lot of your songs have it. How hard is it to embrace how fans like know you, but still grow and explore new sounds? Yeah, you want to, you know, there's that's a, that's a great question. You know, when you walk into a Target, you want to feel like Target. And when you walk into Walmart, you want to feel like Walmart. And I feel like, not to simplify what we do, but you know, artists know Jason Aldean for a certain thing. They know, uh, you know, Morgan Wallen for a certain thing. But uh, those, I think, those artists have always been really good at like stretching the boundaries and going for different stuff and and uh, kind of pushing their audience to try something new every now and then. But always kind of recognizing what your core thing is. Uh, for me, I, certainly, I've tried to maybe more than most try to stretch out a little bit and do some different things on the bluegrass front. Um, you know, and different sounds and styles. And and uh, this album's no exception on that. But um, you know, it has a little bit of everything. It's got those, that, like I said, the bluegrass and the country stuff. It also has, has some of the funnier stuff I've done over the years, like uh, the song here called Beer at My Funeral, uh, which fits pretty well in with the uh, the drunk on a plane and, uh, you know, kind of vibe. So, yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about that one. How fun is that playing that live? Well, we really haven't a chance to play it full band yet. I've done an acoustic before and it goes over pretty well. Fun hook. So, this summer will be the first time to really dive into that one. Um, and thinking about, you know, when you were coming up, whose tour had the best party back in the day? Oh, without a doubt, Chesney. Chesney probably still does. I mean, Chesney just knows how to throw a party. I used to think that the the, the show was actually just a front for the whole party or tapping it over. That was kind of the, that was a, you know, how he, it was just the, the setup for it all because he definitely had the party dialed in, you know, really well. It's just, a, it was every night out there was just, unbelievably fun 
So I haven't seen any official tour announcements from you. Is there one coming? There's one coming really soon. I think we're going to get the album out first and then uh, announce the tour after that. But I've uh, got a great friend coming out with me on the road and uh, going to rotate the opening acts and have a bunch of people in that first slot of three and um, hit, the, hit the ground hard uh, you know, Memorial Day weekend. So uh, it's going to be a great tour. I'm, I'm working on all the all the production right now. It's always fun when your album comes out at the same time as you're launching a tour because you can really incorporate elements of the album into the production. And so it's going to feel Totally new, totally different. Uh, it's scary as well as uh, pretty exciting for us as a band. What's on your tour rider? Like, what's something funny? Like, uh, some bands have told me they got pig skins on there and pork huh. rinds, and they didn't even know they were on there. You know, I tr- that's right. You, you forget after years of touring that the rider keeps growing, growing, growing. You got to. I make a point, this kind of a nerdy thing, but we print the rider up every year and, and try to cross as much stuff off as we can because we don't want to be the obnoxious people that come in there and make these local runners go grab, you know, organic this and grass fed that and all this crap. So, but I have put whiskey on there. Um, I do feel bad, but I always put like a go for like a really high quality whiskey. It helped me complete my collection at home. So, you know, I might, and I, they get it great, if not no big deal, but yeah, I'm always putting on something interesting on there to see if I can uh, use the rider as a way to kind of complete the, uh, the bourbon and, uh, you know, collection at the house. Speaking of the house, how far would we have to walk into the house to know it was Dirk Bentley's house? Great question. Um, well, you, I, I don't know. I, you, I have a bunch of guitars all kind of stored in the guest room on the first floor. I mean, when you walk in, there's a little room to the left. And I do have a pickleball trophy there that I got from Stephen Colbert. It, but it's actually a karate trophy that he sharpied over and wrote. Uh, pickleball. Uh, I played on the TV show. Stephen Colbert has a late night show. And I, I played a, a thing for him and I ended up winning this pickleball tournament. So if you knew that about me, you'd know that right away because that's there. Well, there's a bunch of bikes on my front porch. And anybody who knows that I ride bikes would know that uh, quite a collection there. So, um, but yeah, there's not a lot of, there's not any like plaques or anything in my house. No. And finally, man, I got, man, one of the worst tragedies of the pandemic was the cancellation of the Hot Country Nights tour, man. Yep. I saw that there was something posted of a hint of something. Did Doug and the boys, like, make it through the pandemic? Are they willing to tour again? They are. They did. Uh, they made it through. They've uh, spent a lot of time in their van, cooped up, and they've been hitting me up about getting back out there on the road. Um, but, yeah, they're... <laughs> just thinking about them yes. i'm allergic to them i'm allergic to the hot country nights you say their name my whole body goes into like just it, it, it can't stand them so much but uh yeah they're uh they're gonna come out i cheap <laughs> there, uh, there's talk of them retiring and uh every time they, that happens the the opening whoever's coming out with me on the road always goes no they got to come out for one more year so i think this might be their their this could be their, they've been saying this for 30 years. This could be their farewell tour. Uh, they're, they're thinking it's going to be as big as the Judd's farewell tour, but I'm, I've been trying to tell them like nobody actually knows who you guys are. So don't get your, your hopes set too high, but I believe Whatever, that I man. will be out on tour with us this year. They got the best swag, man. They got the best they got some good swag. Yeah. They got some good swag for sure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. Uh, grabbing gold. You, Looking forward to it, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry about the sneezing. <laughs> it's all good, man. Let's bring in Billy Dukes from tasteofcountry.com to dissect this interview. Well, you got the hot country night scoop, which was really what I was looking for because 
<laughs> yeah, that's the biggest scoop right there. That's what we that's what we wanted. I, I love when you get into uh, Hot Country Nights with Dirks Bentley and how into character he is. It it's uh, inspirational. You know, I want to be like a WWE character. I don't want to break character. You know what I like about Dirks Bentley is I feel like he'll get into the Country Music Hall of Fame one day. But it's going to be as much for his music as it is that he's just a nice guy who treats people well and is easy to talk to. Like, you like Dirk Bentley. Yeah, it's hard not to. He's always been just great, you know. Um, even back in the day, I remember, like, uh, when he got voted, uh, like, People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Like, he had come to do a concert, like, the next week where I was working. And I wanted to do this funny thing where I, like, went in and gave him a hug instead of a handshake. And he was just all about it. He's just funny. You know, you never have to worry about offending him, you know. You guys covered a lot. Was there anything left that you wanted to ask him that you didn't get a, didn't get a chance to ask? Yeah, I like to ask about his uh, his daughters do a radio show, or they did when he was living in Colorado. Like they did a public radio show, and Dirks was like producing it and doing everything. And I usually ask about that, but I I didn't get a chance to ask the update. Um, because last time I talked to him, they moved back from Colorado and his girls hadn't had a chance to do their radio show anymore. I was going to tell them they could, you know, come up here and be on the radio or whatever, but I didn't get a chance to get to it. Yeah, here's the thing with him in Colorado, and, and I don't know that he had a chance necessarily to to explain it fully. It might take a while. But I think ultimately that's where he'll retire to. Like once his girls and his son are out of school. Uh, he's still got that place there, I imagine, and that state I think is is kind of home to him. And I think maybe just like the grind of Nashville has worn him down a, a little bit over the years. Yeah, I mean it's been a long time, and you know when he talks back to when he talks back about like the Opry days and when he got banned from the Opry and stuff, and you know it's when you think about it, 2003 doesn't sound that long, but he's been on the grind since 2003, and he's been pretty A-list, you know, for a long time, and that's got to be a lot, you know. He, I could see him retiring to the top of a mountain. It's cool though. It's got to be nice uh, to be a country star as opposed to like other stars you know you're not constantly with the paparazzi in nashville you know when he released what was i thinking i think i was brand i think i was on air for like a month and the energy that that song kind of put out there like people were really going nuts for that song kind of in the way they go nuts for like um a luke combs song now or a a great great carry on or morgan wallen song i guess maybe would be a better example because he's he's newer like that was the song of the summer no doubt about it yeah, and we still play it on Taste of Country Nights, yeah. um, you know, and it's I did, I never even really thought about calling it a throwback. I need to start calling it a throwback, you know, because it's timeless. You never really think that it's twenty years old, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's still he's still a growing song. I thought his answer to your question about uh, embracing his brand while still growing was pretty interesting because he's been able to do that um, better than just about any other artist, I think. Uh, were you impressed by that? Were you kind of surprised that he kind of took it to like uh, compared himself a little bit to Target, but I think appropriately. Yeah, no, I I thought he had a great answer too. I I was uh, surprised about the Target thing, and it really made me think about it. That's so true, you know, and it can apply to anything like McDonald's or anything. You know, you expect a certain sound from Dirks Bentley, but you also, if you're Dirks Bentley, you want to, you know, it sounds like want to lead your audience 
into a new direction, possibly without them knowing that you're leading them into a new direction, maybe by peppering in, you know, some of the um, older traditional songs on the album, kind of help him get away with stuff like that. And, you know, maybe that's the key to success is, is uh, reverting to your past while growing a little bit each time. Who do you think he's touring with? Oh, man. Morgan. Uh, no, Morgan Wallen just announced his. Uh, God, I don't know. You're more you're more privy to like their schedules and stuff. Who who's left? Well, I mean, geez, from that perspective, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think. He said a good friend of his, which like whenever he says that, I think of John Pardee because he and John Pardee have had like they've toured together a lot. So that might not be realistic, but like. Dirks was like John Party's first sort of like country music dad, so to speak. Okay. John because when John Party came out of the scene, he was he was kinda out there and wild a little bit. Like there's a lot of good stories about John Party maybe going a little too far at in the after show and, and having a little too much fun, but and Dirks <laughs> would just sort of roll his eyes a little bit and keep him around. Like it never got well, him in well, too big a trouble. It was just he was just that guy kinda. Has 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 Dirks ever done like a tandem like A list? tour like could he could it be dirks and canny or something right like um that's interesting he hasn't well now i take that back um and maybe this wasn't on the same level but back in the 2010-ish he did like a co-headlining tour and maybe it wasn't even co-headlining maybe one of them was the true headliner but looking back on it it feels like he and miranda lambert were at the same level when they toured together uh, okay, so maybe that's it. Maybe it's him and Miranda. <laughs> that's actually pretty interesting. I don't think she's announced a tour. They're great friends, and um, she's done a lot of those kind of tours. She's toured with Little Big Town kind of in that way a number of times. So that's not the craziest idea. We might have solved this. We might have cracked this nut, Evan. <laughs> we? I didn't do anything. You did it. Well, together, together we got there. <laughs> The one other name I was going to throw out that he could be bringing out was uh, Ashley McBride uh, because they have that duet together on the album um, and, and they both kind of lean into a really authentic form of music so I could see them being not only good friends but good touring partners together. And that'd be I mean, if we're doing that, then could it be L. King? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Uh, but she- then they're on the Jelly Roll deal. Well, yeah, but she's only got like a select dates. Like, I don't think she's on every oh, okay. show, and maybe she's even announced a tour. But uh, I don't. Re- so, don't so we can announce it first. It's Dirks Bentley, L King, Miranda Lambert, and Ashley McBride just rolling around the country <laughs> playing basically festivals. They they used to do this thing back um, called the Country Throwdown Tour back some ten, fifteen years ago. And that was kind of what it was. Like, Willie Nelson was always on it. Montgomery Gentry seemed to always kind of get attached to it. But that was how Florida Georgia Line broke out. Before they were even signed, they were on this country throwdown tour playing Cruise, and um, that's when that song started to really hit for them. So that sort of concept, I think, is is pretty neat. But it's got to be just as expensive as can be to to tour all those artists around. I don't know how they do it today. Yeah, I could see that. Throw them all on a flatbed and just start driving through playing. Why doesn't an artist do like a NASCAR tour? Like every race, Ooh. they're at the at the tour, or I mean, every race their yeah. tour shows up and plays like a, a show 
the night prior. That's not a bad idea. I'm sure the logistics, though, got to be insane. You know, and then NASCAR will get hit with, uh, why aren't you giving anybody else a chance? You know, somebody's always got something to say. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, NASCAR drivers do it, and they get from town to town, and they got a lot to bring. Now, you're right, though. The logistics might not be – it might be really not um, lucrative, I guess, to go from, like – Daytona to Phoenix and not play any shows in between or something like that. <laughs> it's possible, but someone would have to be there really scheduling it out. Yeah, that, okay, now as we think, that's not as good as our Miranda Lambert Dirks Bentley tour idea. Yeah, the dream tour, the honky tonk tailgate tour, baby. Let's go ahead and just name it. <laughs> when you um, do like interviews with artists and they call, and like sometimes they call, and I know Dirks, to be fair, didn't call in a cell. It was kind of a video conference deal do you jot down their numbers that they call from and keep them no no i don't it, i don't do that because i, I don't want to be that guy that i don't want to be that guy but what i do think is cool is when i'm doing like a, a zoom or a, you know a, a video or a caller id uh you know when they it was like when i on this one it was like Dirks Bentley is in the waiting room. Want to let him in? Right. I'm like, that's that's cool. That's cool. I, I sometimes like when they call up and it's like blocked number or unknown number. I'm like, well, come on, you don't trust. <laughs> you don't trust me. What? Well, they're doing that because you're asking people like me questions like that. So they're they're blocking their number. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying they're not right. I'm just saying I don't like it. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. You can wrap up.